Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Iris Prize podcast. I'm joined today with Lucy Rachel and Chrissy Hyde, also known as 1990s Chris, who together directed, wrote and produced Factory Talk, which is a spoken word short film about a factory worker's experience with masculinity, sexuality and identity. So thank you for both joining me today. Thanks so much. Thanks for, for having, having us. So I just wanted to start off for anyone that maybe doesn't know who either of you are. If you could both just give us a little sort of brief overview of what you're doing now, but also how you got into filmmaking and writing to begin with. Cool. Yeah, I'm happy to go first. So um, hi. Hi, everybody. Thanks for having us, Erica. appreciate this. Um, I'm Chrissy Hyde or 1990s Chris. I am a queer working class writer from Hereford. I specialise in writing for film, um, audio and performance. And my work kind of hopes to kind of start these conversations around identity, uh, masculinity and class and a lot of that stuff that's that's in the film. So for me, um, I guess how I got into filmmaking was quite interesting. It was through performance, actually. I always really loved watching films. Films for me are like a really accessible form of art coming from a working class background. Definitely felt like when I kind of was realizing I wanted to do creative things, there was kind of a couple of things that felt acceptable for me to do, which were like be in a band or maybe try and make films. And I also found that like just taking things in for me, the way I kind of saw the world and stuff, I found that like film really helped me understand those things a lot easier. So I was like, I've always had this kind of idea that if I like something, I want to kind of try and do it. So yeah, kind of how I got into filmmaking was that um, I was doing a lot of very sort of performative spoken word pieces and poetry and stuff. And I got chatting to a guy in a bar about how I should actually really try and make a film. And then I wrote a piece and kind of like just started sending it off places. And I did eventually get to make that film, uh, which is cool. So that's kind of, yeah, where it all kind of began for me from honestly I just love stories and kind of film for me is a way that I could really get like um people where I'm from from my working class background I could get people to kind of care a little bit about <laughs> my writing or what I wanted to talk about it's because watching a film feels like you're just watching like EastEnders or TV or something so it feels a lot more accessible and I'm kind of quite obsessed with that accessibility to art that's so interesting. Yeah, I really love that. I think what you said about watching a film rather than sort of reading a poem or something, I think that is relevant, especially nowadays. I think people are more kind of, you know, open to watching films than they would be reading poems. And I think combining the two is almost kind of genius in that sense of you've kind of sucked people in being like, wow, this is a film, but actually what you're getting is a really good poem. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Lucy, how did things start out for you? So I'm Lucy Rachel. I'm an artist filmmaker currently based in Brighton. My work explores gender, sexuality and domesticity. Um, alongside filmmaking, I also work on the programme team at Lighthouse, which is an arts organisation working at the intersection of art, science and technology. Filmmaking for me began in school, I think. I began with, uh, I, I always wanted to make art. And so then when I went to, I, I left my um, like rural Lincoln life and went off to art school in Scotland and started to explore filmmaking more uh, as part of my art degree. But I never saw it necessarily as something that I wanted to specialise in. But then I was lucky enough to study in Russia and I met um, a cinematographer and a colorist there. And they kind of, that relationship t changed my mind or turned something in my mind of 
how filmmaking might actually be my medium. So when I was in my fourth year of uni, um, I made uh, my first kind of film. And afterwards, a tutor who was on the time-based art course said, you should submit this to a film festival. And I was like, to a what? <laughs> like, what's a film festival? And uh, yeah, I was encouraged to submit to Aesthetica and it ended up being nominated for Best Artist Film there. And I was like, wow, okay, I need to carry this on. And I was very lucky straight after graduation to get onto the Scottish Documentary Institute's Bridging the Gap programme, during which I made my next film, which was my first, I suppose, industry film as in not me doing absolutely every role on the film <laughs> and uh yeah it was in the iris best of british 2017 so that was kind of my i suppose i kind of got slingshot into the industry from an arts kind of um same as chris kind of rural working class background into this kind of film industry thing <laughs> but very much kind of staying on the arts side of it though i guess mm -hmm. okay yeah we're we're, we're arty now <laughs> <laughs> all fancy yeah so you guys have both kind of had sort of similar experiences coming from other sort of like disciplines and then sort of making your way into film and speaking of factory talk um i know chris you'd said before um that you kind of came up with this idea in terms of like a poem more so and pitched that to lots of other people was that the same as factory talk like did the initial idea come from a poem from you or where did it all begin yeah i and maybe i was misleading with that first answer um i think i talked to lots of people about making that other film but not i, I didn't actually pitch it to sort of anyone until i spoke to someone um from uh, production company in my hometown, Rural Media, and they got me to kind of apply to random acts with it, which is a really good stepping stone for me. So I feel like I should shout that out because that was great. So I actually think that we worked really collaboratively on this, Lucy, I feel yeah. that we spoke about, we'd worked on something before for random acts together, as I'd, I'd added some voiceover to a, to a piece that you had, uh, were putting together. And we'd speak, we'd spoke about working together. And then I know Lucy, you, I think you start, you told me about the opportunity, which is tends to be like, you're very good at ears on the ground, finding out what things are happening and what opportunities are out there which I'm always very appreciative of because I'm very terrible at doing that. So I think you came to me with the with the call out and said, do you have anything that would fit this? And then we talked about kind of what we'd want to do with it, right? Is that, am I remembering yeah. that correctly? Yeah, no, you're remembering that as I did, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so I think then we chatted a little bit. I, I'm When I work like with anyone else and especially with Lucy because we're, you know, we're, we're pretty close. We share a lot of the same kind of feelings about a lot of things. Um... I think that uh, I like to make sure that the the story that I'm going to tell actually resonates with the person I'm going to make it with and that uh, they actually are into that. And it's not just me like driving that storytelling. So we had a chat. Um, I feel like we had quite a few chats about the kind of feelings that we had around kind of queer identity and sexuality and things. Um, and then a lot of that conversation informed my writing for this piece which is yeah so the idea comes from i i actually used to work in a factory and uh it's it's kind of yeah the idea comes from that experience of being a queer person that doesn't appear queer to everybody and that little window into the world that you get of straight masculine men's thoughts about the world so that's sort of what inspired it but we did a lot of toing and froing on it i felt like we did a lot of uh workshopping the idea i feel which was really helpful that's really interesting 
so a question that I was going to ask you later, but I guess kind of is now, um, is so obviously the spoken word aspect of it is um, sort of very much in the first person. Is a lot of that the type of thing that you experienced while working in a factory? Uh, yeah, um, absolutely. I feel like it's a really accurate portrayal for me how it was to work in there. Not so much like it seems like it's quite a sad piece. It, that's definitely, you know, focusing on one of the bad days. I think that for me, what I really wanted to uh, get out of the piece was that, yeah, you hear a lot of that stuff all the time. That's something that I heard a lot. Um, there's actually a really funny story from how I, when I worked at a factory, my dad, my dad still works at the factory actually, but he would kind of bring me in, like in the car with him. Obviously we would drive to work together. And I remember having this conversation where I sort of, I was like, oh, I was, you know, with Steve over the weekend, like we were like making a wardrobe or something for the house. And um, this guy like turned to me and was like, you live with Steve. And I was like, yeah. And he was like really alarmed because he just thought he gave me a lift to work. And what he was alarmed about was that he thought, obviously there's a big age gap between my me and my dad. So, But he thought for like one second that we were a couple because oh. <laughs> I'd, met, I'd been like, oh yeah, me and Steve in our house. <laughs> um, <laughs> so for a moment he was like so horrified because he thought we were a couple for like one second. And I was like, oh yeah, he's my dad. Like what? what? <laughs> but the horror that he, he had on his face because he thought we were a couple was just a picture. But I think it's very indicative of the whole kind of like attitude obviously that's a very stupid funny story but it's like very like there was the reason the film's called factory talk is because the way that people talk to each other in uh factory kind of environment is very interesting everything's very negative in a kind of way to connect so you kind of just you talk about things you hate because you hate them together um mm -hmm. and it's a very interesting thing but i feel like what i really didn't want to do with the film is paint out um the the people that kind of perpetrate these kind of like you know homophobic views or kind of like you know those things that they're not wholly bad people and that a lot of the time they're just in my experience they're trying to connect with another person and they aren't very well equipped to do that so they tend to sort of like regurgitate things that are quite negative to just sort of like actually what they want to do is they want to talk to another bloke about something that they agree with them about and there's so many ways they don't want to put themselves out there that actually it's quite sad, actually. And uh, I just, yeah, I didn't want to paint it out in a, in a way that like these people are bad and there's no way for them to be good because I don't think that's true. I think working class people are actually the most accepting people in the world. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I guess this is a question for both of you, although I guess more specifically Lucy, potentially, because I know you mentioned you sort of your work in like domestication and all that kind of stuff. And so one part of the film that really sort of stuck out to me was one of the lines about the oven gloves. And they were saying about how it's been given a masculine design so that we feel better about putting them on. And then it goes on to say that like they could withstand up to like 200 degrees. And it was like, but so can my mum's. Like, was that something for both of you that was kind of important for you to get in there that sort of like the gender like roles I suppose within that I mean I, well as it's part of the writing I think this is probably more crisp I can take it absolutely yeah um so yeah for me uh I just wanted to highlight it's indicative of a very 
terrible like attitude but also i i think it's i think it's quite funny you know that definitely like there is this element of like bravado and bolshiness to that culture and that is something that men have to kind of sometimes for some reason like masculize these things that they kind of have to like prove that they're you know it it just was a very funny image to me because i remember once a guy talking to me about the oven gloves that we have to wear or whatever and how like they were like you know, made out of this certain thing or whatever. And in my head, I was like, they just look like regular oven gloves, man. Like, they're not, like, they're not special. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I just wanted to make that comparison. And, and I also wanted to do it in the vein of like how, how people talk to each other in that space, which is like, you just take the mick out of each other all the time. So yeah, that was an important thing for me to get in there. And so now moving on to sort of the Iris side of it, were you guys at Iris 2021 or did you like participate online? Uh, we uh, we participated online. Uh, we weren't able to make it to the festival, but um, we we're really glad that Iris had, had made it so accessible and that we could visit online and access the films online. Yeah, definitely. I think it was definitely a good kind of model that it was in person and online. Um, and so I was going to ask you both, um, how was it finding out that your film was in the best British short film category? Was that something that you guys had ever expected or how did it feel? So, yeah, we were like absolutely buzzing to find out that we had been selected for, for yeah, best uh, British short. And yeah, it like, I, I remember Lucy messaged me and I was like, what is going on? <laughs> <laughs> and like, it was like loads of exclamation marks, all this stuff. And I remember like Lucy is so much uh, more in that kind of film, like world than me and is entirely responsible for making sure we get into any festival that we get into i'm terrible with forms i'm terrible with all that stuff but i remember i always have really poured over the irish shorts that are on all four and that was sort of because i find that super accessible it's like really just like it's on like my tv and everything so i've always been like really i've always watched those and like always really loved them so to actually for me to like be part of something that i already like knew and really cared about um, mm -hmm. in a way that was like something that I'd known for like a long time and like been aware of. For me, it was a super big thing. And I was just like, oh my God, this is amazing. And I know Lucy was buzzing as well. And we were like, it was like the one we really wanted to get, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love that you guys are so excited because I think um, like being at Iris as well last year, I kind of got to see these people find out what they'd won and, and like what they'd been nominated for and stuff. And it was such a good experience to see kind of how excited people were so it's good to know that even though you guys mm. were at home that you kind of felt that excitement too yeah absolutely i i told i told loads of people that i knew and because like i still have like so many of my friends are like not super arty or whatever so i was like oh my god i, I was pr and they were like what is it chris like wh <laughs> what is this <laughs> and i was like honestly it's amazing like it's like a huge deal for me and they were like well we're very proud of you well done <laughs> <laughs> but it's so like it's that thing when you step out of your little zone or whatever you remember that like those things are like so important in certain spheres but it was like a really grinding moment because it was like the thing I was like most excited about for ages <laughs> yeah. and everyone was like we, we don't know what it is <laughs> which is funny but um I was still so happy um and I just explained to everybody how important it was <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh well, I'm glad that you kind of you know, had that interaction with people and were actually able to say like, well, this is what it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so for Factory Talk as well, um, could you guys tell me a bit more about sort of making it, you know, the filming process, producing it, all the kind of behind the scenes stuff? How did that go for you guys? Um, the whole process was extremely DIY um, between the two of us. Yep. It was 
super low budget. So we were like, okay, we'll just do this. The two of us will co-direct and I'll produce and we will beg and borrow to get as much as we can like in kind and free as possible. So we managed to borrow all of the equipment from uh, rural media in Hereford, which Chris has already mentioned, um, for free. We shot in the the factory that the story is about, yep. um, where Chris's dad still works. And it couldn't have been a more perfect location. It had amazing lighting already. I think that meant we only used maybe two lights, like two small yep. lights for the whole <laughs> thing. And... Uh, yeah, we because we were so busy sorting out everything, we didn't have a huge amount of time to actually creatively plan the visuals. And because we couldn't get like a, a trip to Bristol to see the factory together either before we shot it, we were kind of just like piecing it together in our heads on photos and we'd never met the actors before and or any of the crew, actually. Yep. <laughs> and so, yeah, we just it was a really small crew. We had a DOP, an AC, a sound recordist and a runner and that was it. So yeah, I it was super DIY. I'm not sure that we would ever have the energy to make something like that in that way again. We were extremely lucky that everyone that we worked with was just super understanding, super up for it, ready to get stuck in and and just make this little film work, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it's really interesting that you guys had that kind of experience with it because I, from watching it, I wouldn't have thought that it had like a really small budget and stuff like I think it looks very sort of clean and you know it looks like the type of thing that a lot of money and a lot of time and effort well time and effort has gone into it but you know like it looks really professional so I think it's crazy to hear that you know that it was sort of you guys and a really small team doing it and so for I guess my penultimate question that kind of links into that I guess you've sort of already answered it a little bit Lucy but um I was going to say what's coming next for you or what would you like to come next for you and like is making another film something that you'd both like to do or what have you got planned I suppose that you can tell me about I'm not expecting you know spoilers <laughs> um we hate it we're never doing it again nah I'm joking tell the people <laughs> I um, hated working with Chris so much that we're now in <laughs> post-production on another poetry film, um, which is called yeah. Save the Queen. We're going into edit this time next week. Um, Chris, oh, wow. do you want to say a little bit about the film? Yeah, so Save the Queen is a film about men's mental health and kind of the, the grey area that people can get themselves into uh, with British drinking culture. Um, it's Yeah, it's kind of about exploring how like men find it very difficult to connect and have friendships and have meaningful kind of deep conversations with each other and that we can kind of let all these things pile up and get into really bad habits with our kind of socializing and how this can have a really kind of big negative effect on kind of us as people so yeah we we wanted to strike a really different tone with this film so hopefully we've done that um but because it, it's in a similar format but yeah it's been really exciting to work on it and really great to work with lucy again and we're working with the same funders that we had for fact factory talk which uh that's art with impact uh, they're a u.s based organizations so yeah it's been it's been 
equally as stressful as the last time, I think. <laughs> um, <laughs> but in, in you know, I feel like something I'd like to say, I guess, is that like this comes from like when you do these projects, when you have to also have a full time job, like things where maybe they wouldn't be that stressful if you had, you know, the time, a 40 hour window to work on it a week but when you're like kind of fitting it around your like you know day job that pays your rent and buys your food things that could probably be really lovely and wonderful and not stressful <laughs> in other contexts become a bit more stressful which you know we're putting ourselves through it again but it's for the love you know and <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay so where will people be able to watch that after yeah so save the queen will premiere in june this year through a premiere with art with impact online um and then we're going to be doing our best to get it on the festival circuit after that okay well you know if iris are listening to this which they will be keep that in mind guys <laughs> they've made a good one before <laughs> and then final question for me really it's well a bit of a fun one but it's um would you consider yourselves to be lgbtq plus filmmakers or are you filmmakers that happen to be LGBTQ plus? Like, which Ooh. comes first for you? What's the important uh, part? I f and there's an agenda in this question, I feel. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, Lucy, would you like me to go first or would you like to go first? Who knows? I don't know. I Maybe we can, like, tag on this one because yeah. I'm kind of... I see them both, for me, as equal. The films I make are often sort of include queerness or innately from like a perspective or lens that I'm seeing them through. So yeah, I don't know. I don't necessarily set out to make like a, I'm going to go out and I'm going to make an LGBTQ plus film. It's more of a, this is the stuff and this is the subject that means a lot to me. And I have think, like stories I want to share about it. And I guess that's why they're kind of Filmmaking is a part of me. Queerness is a part of me. Uh, being working class is a part of me. And then that is why the products and the things that come out are are about those things too. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I feel like the way that we see stuff and like you can't, uh, I'm not even trying not to see it through my own lens, if you know what I mean. Like I want to, because that's how I see it. And that's what I yeah. want to amplify. But I totally agree, Lucy, that for me, they're kind of one and the same. I guess that I would probably... I describe myself as a queer working class writer and I think you know I, I tell stories that always have that in mind and I feel like there's a lot of pressure as a queer person a queer creative to make work around queerness and to like amplify stories that are not always amplified and I think there's a pressure if you're a working class artist to do the same for working class issues so I feel like that pressure is on you to like say those things that people don't always get to say if you've got a platform then you've got to do it sort of thing that's the thing but i do think you can take the pressure off yourself a little bit in that way it's like everything you ever make every story you decide is important is going to be decided through that lens that you have as a queer person or a working class person or both or whatever like that kind of whatever your angle is on that but yeah so for me i feel like it feels really powerful to talk about things that you know we get kind of there's a tokenistic element to some of this, right? You can get funding and opportunities based on the fact that like organizations want to hear different voices to make themselves seem interesting and diverse and, you know, really sound and all that. <laughs> that sounds really cynical. And I think it's, you know, good that those things are there. But, you know, it feels really powerful to be able to tell stories that are just not about those things per se, but see them through a queer lens, for example. So when we were talking about save the queen recently we were talking about how we were kind of looking at lad culture through this kind of really queer 
lens and we've made a film about lad culture and kind of masculinity but the reason why we've done that is because that's a story that kind of appeals to us because I feel like a lot of the time yeah like those kind of cultures and those kind of things impact upon queer people a lot and it's sometimes those things are things that we have to pretend to live up to or try to live up to so like kind of queering lad culture is like well fun something I really love doing but yeah so for me um, I think I would totally agree with Lucy that like it's kind of it's the lens in which we see things through. So whatever I talk about, you know, it's a bit gay and it's a bit political. <laughs> no, I love that. I think you guys answered that in the best way that I could possibly imagine, really. I think it's good to think about it as them both being equally as much a part of you. And so that's kind of the content that you make as well. I think that's everything for me today. So I just want to say thank you so, so much for joining me and for talking about Factory Talk and that I'm excited to hopefully watch your new film in June. Amazing. Thank you so much, Erica. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having us. Bye. Bye.